Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. is revolting with steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 64 true sexy crime <laughs> i have the wrong notes i think what's 63 i got 63 and it's not sexy losing it's not it's losing it no i fucked that up look it says on the top what it is i don't uh, oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, got it. Uh, the whole thing is off the rails. If we were professionals, we would start over. But it would, it's every 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 minute is a chance to, for a do over. Uh, content warning: If you don't like bad words, now listen up. This is a content warning. If you don't like bad words and immature nonsense, this podcast isn't for you. All right. What part of that doesn't make any sense? Go bedazzle your underpants or water your chia pet. Now, if you're going to listen to this, don't come back and complain about it. I mean, do. <laughs> it really, it's just, it's like one of my, it's the wildest thing that somebody would listen to this whole thing and then come back and comment that they didn't like it. Like, it doesn't make, you just ate your whole meal and now you're bombed. <laughs> Yep. It's such a, it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing, but whatever. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I like, I think it's, it's a glimpse into the human psychology that I think is super fascinating. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, if I go to a restaurant and I open the menu and I don't like every single thing, I'm like this place. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I find the thing that I do like and then I eat that. And then you don't sweat the stuff that you didn't like. Yeah. I, or, you know, like the would you rather is. So there's been a couple people who said the would you rathers are. The would you rathers are beneath us or something. It's just something that like I enjoyed the whole podcast, but then you get to the would you rathers and it just bumps. <laughs> it just <laughs> bumps me out. And, you know, fair enough. But. We also, you know, there's a, there's a real quality of, of sort of arrested developmentness, developmentally arrestedness in this whole sure. thing that, yeah. that, you know, that's just, this is just how we are wired. And this is the product that we make as a result of that, that wiring. Uh, and, you know, so like, we're not going to see eye to eye on some things. <laughs> And it all came, it all came out from working in bike shops. I mean, it was like, this is all we did to pass the time was try to like weird each other out with our own uh, psychosis. I'm in, I'm in two minds about this because on the one hand, I don't like bumming people out. On the other hand, I like bumming people out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're a real contradiction. A walking contradiction. Like, I think I want to 
I, and I had a, I've had a few people recently be like, man, that last would you rather was <laughs> f- what? Don't <laughs> please. I can't like it's messed them up. Was it the tick? Oh. There was a ticks one. The eating ticks one yeah. was bad for some people. Uh, other people don't like to contemplate eating dog m- crap. I get it. That's the point of would you rather. It's it's, it's, it's about. Sort of, it's supposed to kind of make your skin crawl a little bit. Like it's supposed to kind of, you know, we have some of the ones that I love the one. Uh, I don't even remember what the opposing option was, but oh no. Would you rather die in 30 days? Or like to the minute or would you rather live forever beyond space and time? Like you were yeah. going to lose generations of family and friends. You're going to see the world come to a physical end and it's you're going to be like that yeah. dude from the watchman just out floating in space forever forever there will always be a thing there will always be a something and you're going to be a part of it and this is in, endless you can't there's not even a word for it and and like that that one really stuck with me and i love that and then there are the opposing ones like would you rather eat engorged ticks you know (laughs) you gotta gotta take the crunchy with the smooth (laughs) i liked the one about kardashians and bowling balls only because it seemed to fuck you up for weeks (laughs) well i didn't i I didn't quite understand it you know and so like i answered it one week and then i thought about it all week and then the next week i realized that i didn't answer it properly so i had to go back and revisit it and i don't even remember the question exactly now yeah the question's not important what (laughs) (laughs) people can go back and listen if they so choose i would not so choose that myself but um yeah i you know a lot of it is whatever come on hey Hey, come on. Yeah, it's exactly that. So, yeah. uh, we have, uh, wait, you did, you, your music pick is the same as it was last week. I think oh. you have the wrong notes open, friend. Oh, buggers. It, it's, um, it stands, it is worth saying that steve is ill right now. You can tell because he sounds extra, extra, extra sexy, which is good for our this episode, True Sexy Crime. Um, but he is, if you can see the look on his face, it is bewildered. Oh, it, it, well, it is. The one you sent me this morning says 63, losing it. It says it... <laughs> but it says I 60- also did not do the best job of preparing him. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say at the top? It says 64-2. It says episode but 64, true sexy crime. It and then I forgot to say change that. it. It doesn't say that anywhere. Oh my god, we and, are. And really your music in pick your music pick is the same as it was last week. But no, then you have the you have the wrong notes. Oh, dude. It's okay. It's alright. Would you say don't, you don't read them anyway? That's why we're here. You I do when when it when the time is right. Would you send <laughs> me the notes again? Uh, oh it says gosh. you said, yeah, I think the would you rather is on you this week. Right. And I open it up and it's 63. Oh, maybe I just sent you the wrong one. Uh, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're spending all of this time live <laughs> on mic 
figuring it out. Yeah, this is rough. So I do, uh, I will say that I do have a pretty wicked cold right now. I think I might even have a little bit of a fever because I'm like sitting in my closet sweating. Um, uh, Amanda, our friend, Amanda K. Bryan and her husband, Zach, uh, she, she pulled up stakes from Kona Bicycles. And uh, they left on just a couple days ago to drive to North Carolina where she's starting a job at Industry 9 and the, as the head of marketing or something, like a real grown-up job. And um, they had a great big bike ride, which I took part in, and it's real cold here. So I got all sweaty. And then I stood around in the cold and we made a fire and I drank a couple cans of beer. And then I had to haul ass back down the hill to get home, to get cleaned up, where I ate a bowl of soup, took a shower, turned it around, went and worked for seven hours at the bar and got home at three o'clock in the morning. And I think I just, I did everything wrong. So now today I'm so congested and I'm coffee and I'm achy and I'm sweaty. Just a real motherfucker. So if I get into a coughing fits or whatever, there, that that's why. Okay, so I have this new notes. I don't see 64 in here, but whatever. We'll, uh, no, we're doing the, great. Nope, these are the same notes as last week because would you rather is the fucking triathlete one? Oh, come on. All right. No, no you're sending me the same. This is amazing. You sent me the same set of notes twice, and they're All both right, for last look, week. Look, uh, we're going to do music picks right now. Okay. And then I will say what this episode is about, <laughs> and I will read the questions. And like on Family Ties, there ain't no nothing we can't love each other through. <laughs> okay. Well, I got a music pick if you got a music pick. I got one. I will go first. Okay. Because... Psh, 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 Finger guns. Got mine, it. It, mine, I, and I went to the Universal Archive of Revolting Music Picks on the All Hail the Black Market website, which you can find whenever you're just dying to have good music to listen to. Uh, and I confirmed that I had not picked this record before, uh, even though it is one of my favorite records of the last 10 years, hands down. And it is the record In Humor and Sadness by 68. Oh. We haven't talked about that, but oh yeah, man. They're great. You turned me on to them a year year and change ago. Yep. They fit yeah. right in with all of the band. I love bands with two people. Like it's just like it's like a it's like a fetish. And, yeah, so so sixty eight is the, yeah that they're a two piece uh, guitar and drums. They make absolutely insane music um, that is loud and chaotic and beautiful. Yeah, and live. If you can see them live, you should see them live because they are a pair of show folk, showmen, showman folk. I would love to. They um, they never come out this far, and they. Yeah. It seems like like a solo tour would be super fun, or like if, if they were headlining. But it seems like they headline for bands that are kind of questionable. You know, like 
whenever very they do, questionable. Yeah, they do bigger tours, and I'm just like, Ugh, <laughs> what? What? You they know, were but on it's, tour with Corn. My point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. But they, yeah, they are just, they are just spectacular. It was about all I listened to. I think after you turned me on to them, um, I got everything from them that I could, and it was all I listened to for weeks. I just went. Yeah. I just went off the deep end with them. They are from Atlanta. Um, the, uh, singer, guitar player, songwriter guy, Josh Scogan, uh, was the, the lead singer of the chariot, which I believe was a Christian hardcore band. That's the, that's the consensus. Yeah. Like he's had his, uh, he's had his roots in some sort of curious, uh, dirt. Yeah. I don't even care because 68 is magic. It and is. I, I love suits too. You know, like I'm a big fan of suits and those dudes were their dry cleaning bill must just be out of control. Yeah. They sweat through a suit every 10 minutes. It seems like. Yeah. And if they're playing shows, they're playing, you know, like a, like a 15 or 20, 25 date tour. You got to have a suit for every night or you're getting dry clean every day. Or you have a suit for every other night or like what? Yeah, I don't even know how you you manage that. I Uh, saw them. This will make you jealous. I saw them. I've only seen them once, and they opened for whores. Ooh, dang. There was no skin left on my face after because it had all been melted consecutively. Lucky. That is definitely, there's a couple of bands that spend a lot of time on the, you know, east of the Mississippi. Uh, Those two being two of them uh that i just don't you know like the west coast is a million miles away so i like am i ever gonna get to see any of these bands no maybe we'll have to find a time when they're coming near me and we'll just get you out here and we'll party like it's 1999 but also 2020 something Mm -hmm. okay i'd like that all right Okay, uh, my music pick. This is so weird because I always have like the notes as an anchor, and I have two sets of last week's notes, even though they're titled episode sixty-four. <laughs> it's about losing stuff, which was the one that we did last week. Yeah, it was a great episode. Everyone it was, loved it. It was a great episode. No, we, we haven't even published that one yet. I know. I just okay. said everyone loved it. Um, yeah. So I have no idea what we're talking about today. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and like fly blind here. It's not that different than usual. I really don't think it is. But what's your music pick? Well, I read the notes and then I conjure the next thing I'm going to say. Like they, it, oh. it gives me some sort of foundation. And, and right now I feel foundationless. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I have repeatedly said that the only thing, good stuff that Metallica has ever done is the first four records in the Garage Inc. Uh, LP compilation, whatever that was. Uh, it was a, a covers album, <laughs> like Garage Days, but it had way, way, way more tracks on it. And I was refusing to give anything else that they'd done a listen. And Dunkelope Greg uh, said that Death Magnetic was really would be worth my time, and I refused for I don't know two years. Year, I don't even remember when it came out, but I wasn't going to give it any love 
James then, Hetfield called me and he was really concerned about that. He was like, can you <laughs> really, we really want back in with Steve. Can you just, just have him give us one more chance. Yeah. So what he said. I was at uh, ritual records here in Bellingham and I, they had, I don't know what I was in there for. Just had $35 to throw away. So I thought, well, what the fuck? I'll get it. And I put it on and I've listened to it uh, every day for the last week. It's actually, it's, it's super redeeming. I mean, Metallica, they're, they're all goofballs or whatever. Robert, the bass player is cool. They, I don't know. Lars is a knucklehead. I guess all the rest of them are pretty nice guys, but it's a great, it's a throwback to like early Metallica without them saying, uh, seeming to say, fuck it. Let's just throw all the stuff away that we've tried or we've evolved. We were, we're just going to go back and do the same shit that we did 30 years ago because that was the thing that everybody loved. It's, it's, um, there's evidence of a little bit of, of evolution there, but it sounds like it's like foundational and super riffy and the song structures are great and it's hooks and it's got, you know, it's like all the stuff that I'd loved the early Metallica records for, but it's in the newest package. So that's it. As embarrassed as I am. Don't be embarrassed. I fucking love Death Magnetic. That's okay, man. It's all right. Speaking of throwbacks, I was while I was walking the dog this morning uh, and it was being really cold. uh, I was listening to the Zeke record kicked in the teeth. Uh huh. And at the end of that record, there's a cover of Kisses shouted out loud. You bet there is. Oh, made me really happy. They're great. Really happy. I like those guys. I haven't seen them in a long. I haven't seen them in a long time, but. Uh, nice guys, all of them, surprisingly. Donnie, uh, Donnie? No. What's the singer's name? I don't know. I'm don't not re- friends with him. I don't remember. I'm, I'm like, I'm not firing. Like I said, I'm like, my brain is not working super good, but the singer is a little intimidating, but everybody else has always been really nice. Like any interaction I've ever had with them, they've been great. I didn't know about them. I'm going to shout out our friend, Christina Sinkovic here. Oh, she might appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I didn't know about them. And then I think she said uh, on the Internet, um, the Internets, that uh, they were the best band or they were great. Or I think they were playing in in Portland. And I was like, well, OK, I'm I'm in. Yeah. So they, I've been I've been just listening saw them not very long ago. Yeah. So I've been listening and uh, and loving, and then I heard "Shouted Out Loud" this morning, and I just it just "Shouted Out Loud" might have been my first favorite song ever <laughs> in the history of you, you myself. Never, you never listened to them before, Zeke? Yeah, not really. No, I oh, mean dang. I was like vaguely aware, but you know, there's so much music. I just there's so much. I, you must have this where. Like there's a movie that you know you're going to like, but it's available and you're like, well, I don't have to watch it now. I know that I'm going to watch it. I right. know that I'm going to like it, but it'll I'll just leave it on the shelf. So I think Zeke is one of those bands. There's a lot of a lot of music and a lot of bands that I'm like. There's only so many hours in the day and I don't give them time. But then I saw Christina post about them and I was like, well, she loves them that much. And then I listened. And I was like, oh, I, OK, I get it. I see it. I get it. And then shout it out loud, which took me right back to like 1970, 
six or seven and my brother playing kiss alive too uh we should probably we should probably loop a zeke into one of the music picks one of these weeks because i definitely have oh it's uh marky felchton that's the singer's name he's the guy who's who's pretty intimidating uh but we should loop them into the music pick one week just so people know I definitely have my favorite albums and they have a really uh, extensive discography too. So, you know, it would be hard for, or not hard, but it might be a little intimidating for somebody to walk into a record store and say, which Zeke record is the one I want to listen to? Cause they're all special in their own ways. But if you like I- fast and super pissed off punk rock, like, uh, what's another band? Ario speed dealer. They're kind of along those same or I guess they're just called Speed Dealer now because the Ario Speedwagon got people got mad. <laughs> uh, fuckers as another band, or the Old Dwarves, very kind of similar to the Old Dwarves, like real fast punk rock. It's good stuff. Um, um, I'm gonna leave Zeke pick to you, but we okay. are gonna take a very minor break right here, where during which one of us will say something. Compelling and exciting. I don't know who it's going to be. I can't wait to find out in a few weeks. Uh, But we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. Oh, that was good. Oh, so good. Whatever it was. <laughs> or it wasn't. We'll, we'll see. Ah, I was disappointing. I was disappointed in it. Okay, so what are we talking about today? I mean, I'm like, I have, n- I have no idea. I have nothing in front of me. I love it. I like reading. I want to do it this way from now on, maybe. No. So, I like reading no? the notes. It's my favorite, it's my favorite part, because it's all... That's my fa- one of my favorite parts. <laughs> all right. So this episode is all about the clicks. Uh, the whole world loves true crimes and sex. So we're going to stop doing high art like we've been doing and just give the people what they want for a change. Now, I have been doing a lot of road tripping lately, which... It means I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and I've been traveling like I just got back from a little trip with my wife and she uh, plays these um, like white collar crime podcasts. I was listening to one yesterday about price collusion between auction houses. So there's that. But then during those uh, podcasts, they... They're like, do you love true crime? And I was like, no, I don't really, I don't really like true crime, but the rest of the world really likes true crime and they really like sex. Yeah. So 
So I was like, we got to do a podcast called True Sexy Crime. I was going to say true sex crime, <laughs> but then I realized sex crime is bad. That's a whole genre of crime. And I would Ugh. like to say, like, white collar crime is a bu- is bullshit terminology. It's fucking crime. You know what I mean? But it's like, oh, well, these people are smarter or they wear ties or whatever. They're just Fucking, they're all criminals. It's all crime. I agree with you 1,000%. I said to Brittany yesterday while we were listening, I was like, they should call this douche on douche crime. <laughs> yes. Thank you. None of these people need to do crime. They're rich. Yeah. They're just doing crime because they're douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Greedy, greedy fuckers. Oh. And they are the ones that get, you know, there's like the white collar prisons where it's like low security. You know, it's just, it's fucked. It's bullshit. It's Bernie, Bernie Madoff shit. Um, so you can tell by how excited and repulsed and emotional we just got that this whole true crime thing is, it's hot. I do like. I do like true crime. I mean, I always, I always have. I just, you know, ever since I was in high school, I think it was something that Steve Albini wrote where I just kind of like uh, was able to summarize it up by saying that I was really interested in the extremes uh, to which people go to find satisfaction, mm. you know, emotional or physical or spiritual. Not that I am interested in uh, delving into a personally but just to learn about the shit that other people do has always been really interesting to me and then you know when true crime shows and all of that stuff came out like it's just the holy cow there's so much people are so terrible to each other that there's an entire network full of shows about people (laughs) being terrible to each other college students being terrible to each other uh married couples being terrible to each other um, uh, you know, entire shows, just detectives talking about all walk of life being terrible to each other. It's, it's horrifying and it's fascinating. It's a watch, watching a car crash. You can't look away. You know, that's sort of my engagement with it. I feel like it's like watching a car crash from inside the car because no matter what I see, like, and I don't really, I'm not really that into these things. Every time I go over to my mom's house, she has the TV on like really loud. And it's like, that's when Candace got strangled. <laughs> uh, I'm like, whoa, Barry had been hiding a secret. Um, <laughs> course, course he had been. Fuck. Candace, I, it did Candace. Occur to but me I feel this, like those are my, what well, it occurred to me this morning. I have a friend whose sister was murdered a number of years ago and, and looking at, at his experience through his lens, you know, as he, he's told me a little bit about it, it's just a fucking horror show, you know? And so, so why are people so fascinated in other people's misery essentially? And why am I, you know, um, I don't think that if I ever lived through some kind of shit show like that i would be that interested in the extremes to which people go you know maybe like religious cults and that sort of thing like i'll always be i'll always be sort of fascinated with the human psyche but i don't i would it just make me sad it's a spec it's a spectacle it's become a spectacle it is it's rubberneck in a terrible human tragedy car crash 
So that's um, what we're going to do today's today's episode. Well, well we're going to disappoint everyone as usual. That's my plan. <laughs> 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 prepare to be underwhelmed. Yes, prepare. So question one this week is, what crimes have been done to you and were any of them sexy? That's that's a side issue. Oh, geez. Uh, well, that's a fucking can of worms. Yeah, so I have a few examples that I can share with you. Um, and, and perhaps those will be jumping off points for your own experience with criminal activities. There's the obvious ones. Like I got, uh, you know, bike stolen, sure, which is a bummer. So here's, here's one scenario. I, I had a bike that was my go everywhere, do everything bike. When I was 20, I was probably 20, maybe I was 19 even. And it's how I got everywhere. And one of my roommates asked to borrow it and he rode it to this place. And basically you locked it to a chain, which then I think got unhooked <laughs> and, and thieves just carried away my bike. And he was like, Oh no, I got your bike stolen. I'm such an asshole. And I was like, I was trying to be, cool i was like it's okay he's like i gotta pay for your bike and i was like you don't i understand you made a mistake deal with it i'll be cool like we're just gonna be cool and then like three weeks later i borrowed he, he had a car i borrowed his car to go to a doctor's appointment and i parked it i parked it badly and he got a ticket and the ticket was like 50 bucks and he's like hey you you got a ticket driving my car. You owe me 50 bucks. And I was like, mm, do I though? <laughs> Wild. And he made me pay the 50 bucks and I felt like double, double victimized. I would say, okay, well in that case, let's just revisit the whole getting my bike stolen thing and you can just buy me a new bike and we'll call it. We'll, we'll be square. I said that to him. I was like, look, you used my bike and put it in the wrong place and I incurred a penalty. And then I used your car and put it in the wrong place and incurred a penalty. Are they different? And he's like, yeah, they're different. Hmm. That spot has a sign that says don't park there. And I was like. Yeah, but you. OK, the you, sign is you locked different? my bike to a bush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, so that's of, one crime that happened to me. And then another crime that happened kind of shows to me, you the cut of his jib. Yes. He had bit. a crooked jib. Uh-huh. We are no longer friends. Ah, he's a nice enough guy. I don't, I'm not mad at him. Um, another time we, uh, this is a couple years later. We've lived in this house. I had this little streak when I was in bands where we rented houses based on whether they had a basement suitable for playing music in. Which is not how you find the best places to live. But uh, in this particular place, um, we got robbed three times. And one of the times I was at home alone, it was like right around Christmas and a bunch of people had gone to like see their families or whatever in other places. And I was home alone. It was like a three story, a really narrow three story house. And I was in the <clears throat> I was in the bedroom on the top floor. 
and I heard some noises and I woke up and it was really cold. I was like, oh, I'm going to turn the heat up. And then I heard some more noises and I was like, those sound like very large mice, but I'm not going to mess with them. And I woke up the next morning and uh, my roommate's second floor hysteria was gone and the kitchen window was open. Oh, what Um, a bummer. It was a major bummer. Uh, Then we had a whole big argument about who left the kitchen window. Yeah, I was going to ask if they made you pay for the stereo. I did not pay for any stereos. Uh, I feel like we should be doing some serious knocking on wood right now. Uh, I'm generally not superstitious, but I don't really like to say like, oh, this thing, you know, I got robbed here, or ripped off there or accosted there. Um, and boy, I'm glad that kind of shit will never happen again. Cause right. Obviously. Yes. Bikes, uh, being stolen. I had my first nice mountain bike got stolen just outside of a print shop I was working in. Uh, in Oakland and that bummed me out but you know it was easy enough to replace it because I was making like seven dollars an hour (laughs) (laughs) um I did I moved into a place with two friends of mine uh Christian Cooper and this guy Jay Ward Jay Jay now works at Pixar or has for years and years he's sort of like the director of animation or something and makes like a hundred billion dollars a year and yeah. Christian, he's done the, he does a lot of the skateboard graphics. He did my Mr. Rogers graphic. If anybody remembers oh, that, that's like a he's, he's a, he's a wicked talented graphic designer, uh, lives down in LA, but we moved into this place, uh, met with the woman it was this whole upstairs flat of this big house on Moss street in Oakland. And after we paid her first last deposit, which was basically everything we had, uh, there's a note on the door that said that the place had been foreclosed on two days before we even met with her. So it was owned by the bank. So we had 30 days to vacate and uh-huh. we had no money and we went to court twice. And the judge, you know, the judge was like, uh, well, it sounds to me like you've been living, you know, you've been squatting in this place. And so you've just been living rent free. And we're like, we've been living. <laughs> what? She took all of our money for a building that she didn't even own. And uh, we basically got fucked in that deal. So uh, that was a time. And there's one time in particular, I'm really hesitant to say anything about it because it, it has to do with like, I'm just not, I'm not even going to, it's a, no, it, come on. It's a, it's a sore subject. Um, oh. For you or for someone else? Well, p- potentially both. Um, oh. I was I was drunk as fuck and passed out and woke up and was being costed. Oh, by a by a a lady. Oh, yeah. It's and so and you know and I was only awake for a second and then and then I was out again and I kind of swept it off. But, um, uh, it's, it's like people all, you know, it's a, it's a, people don't assume that dudes can be sexually assaulted, you know, because they're the, by and large, the, the, the assaulters. Ah, yes, that's true. And I also was sexually assaulted once. Uh, 
<laughs> it was it's fucking grim. I don't know how we got here. Well, I mean, but this is true crime. It, I, it I really was, just got groped by a, a small group of women uh, while walking down the sidewalk. Huh. Yeah. You don't have a lot of, you don't have much of a leg to stand on, you know, like you, you can't, nobody, nobody would believe, nobody would believe you if you said this stuff. And it wasn't, you know, if I'd had my wits about me, I don't think I would have, uh, you know, pursued this exchange, you know, but I was like, I was out, I was, I was out and was Mm. taken advantage of and. You know, I think uh, I've done some reading about it in in the interim, and a lot of men who've experienced things like this say it really fucked them up. You know, as as an assault will for a person, but mm. because nobody would believe them, mm. uh, it really like did a lot of damage to the people who were interviewed in the articles that I read. And I luckily, like, I was just kind of like, well, fuck that. That was weird you know, and went on about my life, but, uh, I, I never really, I never really sweated it. You know, it's just one of those fucking curious things. I also did not sweat it too hard when it happened to me, but I would say not that I was on track to do this anyway, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to grope anyone on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's not, it's not awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, doing to others, right? Sure. Like I I I wouldn't have uh I wouldn't have thought about encroaching on anyone's personal space while they were incapacitated before that, but certainly having my <laughs> space encroached upon while I was incapacitated shown a whole brand new kind of light. Sure. And it's sure. not a thing. I mean, the fact that I'm bringing this up here is is fucking nuts because I have not really talked about it ever to, you know, to a couple of people, but it's not like, it's not like a right topic of regular conversation. I was aware that this had happened to you. Um, also this is supposed to be sexy crime, not sex crime. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, this is one of those take was, the crunchy with the smooth. Ones. I was really, I was really reluctant, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's just like, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, like kind of a kooky life experience. Um, and you know, I went on about my life and it didn't adversely affect me. Thank, thankfully. And, and it's, you know, it's all just chalk it up to wild experiences. It's a good thing to have out there. Uh, I'm sure there's someone listening who's like, Oh man, that happened to me too. Maybe. I mean, maybe. It was, you know, I had to do kind of a deep dive to to find situations in which it happened to men because you think like, oh, you know, it's just like goes straight to prison jokes and stuff like that. But it's not like it can it can go the other way just to say it can go the other way. Well, and you men, I mean, I also was low key assaulted when I was in high school by a guy I worked for. Um, it's all it's guy it's guys on guys on guys. That's it. That's the common. That's the common conception but yeah. not not misconception but that's the co- common perspective and sure, then when, sure. when you find out like oh women also can assault dudes you know because you think like well the dude has to be a willing participant but in this instance and in the instances that i read about it's not 
not so. No, and I'll just say for myself, there are a lot of scenarios in which I'm an unwilling participant. Well, and just in like capitalism, like being an unwilling participant. I mean, in capitalism. so many, so many scenarios in which I'm an unwilling participant. Cocktail yes. parties. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's see. What? Oh, I got jumped in Holland. I was in Amsterdam. I was mm-hmm. gnarly. Uh, I was sitting, waiting for, I had a list of squats where I was staying because I didn't have any money. So I was just going from squat to squat. Uh, and they, they, the squats in Europe, at least at, at this time were, were really well organized. And, um, you know, this one that I was waiting for, for like a couple of dollars, you got a meal and a couple of beers and it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome network and they, they put me up and. It turns out that, uh, gosh, a guy I went to college with, a, a tattoo artist named Theo Jack, his ex-girlfriend, her, uh, her, she lived in Amsterdam and her current boyfriend li- happened to live in this squat. So it was like this weird, you know, one degree of separation, Bay Area connection. And so I was waiting for dinner and I was sitting on this little stoop, like this little bench in this breezeway. And I had my backpack sitting next to me and some random jars and shit, just like stuff sitting around. And these three dudes walked up to me and they were standing one right in front of me and two on either side of me. And they're asking me if I know what time it is. And they're asking me like a bunch of questions all at once. And I was like, no, I don't No, I don't have anything. And then one guy grabbed either it was his knife or he grabbed my knife. I think it was his knife. I don't remember. And he put it up to my neck like to the left side of my neck and the two guys on both sides of me pin my shoulders to the wall. And they're basically saying like, give me, you know, give us your money, give us your wallet, give us your passport, give us all your shit. And because I was low, uh, I was low in this little bench. I leaned back and was able to get both my legs up quickly enough. And I kicked the dude with the knife with both legs full force in the stomach and he folded like a fucking book and then the two other dudes it surprised them and they backed off and i swung at one and then the other guy ran and i grabbed a jar of jelly and i threw it at him and i hit him but they all oh. they all skedaddled i think they i mean they definitely came out worse than i did but i did get when i kicked the guy he like stuck my neck with the knife and I got a little cut. That was exciting. That's that does. I mean, this is really true crimey. I really <laughs> enjoyed that story, especially <laughs> I want like in my mind, I like the jelly was flying through the air in slow motion. Yeah. Did it, bro- it break? It did. Yeah. Which was a bummer because that <sighs> was like some of the only food I had. You know, mm. I had like this, this jar of preserves, but it was the only thing that I had to grab to throw. At my assailant. And were maybe, they were they Dutch? I don't remember. No. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe they lived there. I don't really, you know, I think they were just like out like rolling uh backpackers, you know, rolling rolling kids. I just I because I'm trying to envision this guy back in whatever place they met up afterwards. He's like, yeah, and then he threw jelly at me and it hurt. <laughs> 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 Who throws jelly? I just have that vision of so. like 
Maybe they'll, you know, this is, it reminds me, there was a, there's another situation where my dad's response was maybe they'll think twice about, you know, doing that sort of thing again. But it was the, the situation. My dad said this, and this is not that many years ago, but we were in a bar in Berkeley. That was my friend, big Dave's girlfriend's birthday. Uh, big Dave is black. Girlfriend was white. Um, and that plays into the scenario. But at one point, four fucking like flight jacketed boots and straps wearing skinheads walked in. And I was just like, where, what time machine did you guys just walk out of? You know, I hadn't seen skinheads in mass in the Bay Area in probably 20 years. And these fucking clowns come in. And so I go back and I talk to my friend, Sean, who is like a jujitsu guy. Like he's a boxer and he's actually like one of the tougher guys I know. And I said, Hey, just to, you just a heads up. Like, I feel like shit's going to get weird. I don't trust skinheads, you know, and, and <laughs> oh, for, no? good, for good reason. <laughs> They've never been anything but a problem in my, in my history. <laughs> okay and sure so sure enough like before very long there's a confrontation between dave who grew up in the punk rock scene in detroit so he's like he's he's not even he's not tripping at all and the biggest of the four skinheads and he said that his girlfriend had flicked a cigarette at him or something like that and dave's like look you guys can hang out in the front of the bar well i'll go back to the back of the bar i i flicking a cigarette at you isn't something that she would do but you know, if she did, it wasn't intentional, blah, blah, blah. And so all of a sudden it just like chaos just erupts and people, it's like a TV show bar fight, like people hitting each other with chairs and throwing this one dude, Armin, he went down like right in front of me. He got jumped by three dudes. And I swear in my memory, he, he hit the deck and stood up and within you know, 20 seconds of him being down when he stood up, he was beat so bad. He was unrecognizable. Oof. Like his face, he just got fucking just annihilated. So then people are shoving and, you know, the guy, the guy who owns the bar is trying to settle everybody down. And he was like a fucking green beret or something. He could have beat everybody in the bar, up, but he's just trying to keep his pool cues from getting broken and stuff it was it was mayhem but i did like armin was getting choked out by one of the guys and i hit him in the head with a bottle and then he was all bloody and then the cops came and the paddy wagon came it was a whole thing um but i did tell my dad because i felt bad about like i fucked this guy up with a bottle like he was there was a lot of blood and mm. he and my dad said maybe he'll think twice about <laughs> doing that shit to somebody next time i liked his it was very diplomatic on his part Sure. You know, like maybe it was a learning, it was a learning lesson or it was like a teaching lesson. <laughs> it's a learning moment. Oh my God. You know, if we were good at true crime podcasts, I would have interrupted you right before it kicked off and been like, <laughs> we'll find out after these messages. But, but I'm not good at true, uh, true crime podcasting, and we also don't have any messages. It's just a, like stopping a rolling boulder. Yeah. I had a, a, a dispatcher when I was a messenger, and he said, sometimes stopping your stories is like stopping a rolling boulder. 
Because we're on it. We're on, we're on the live, you know, we're on air and we're trying to like message other people have to communicate. And, and somebody tells something, says something. And then all of a sudden, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm like, and then the next thing that happened, it's like, fucking shut up. This is not the time or the place for any of this. Right. So that's just, that was a crime. That was a crime. Sort of. So question two is, have you done any crimes you'd like to confess? understanding that anything we say might be used against us in a court of law. But is there anything you want to get off your chest crimes you've done? No, I mean, I really like, I, you know, I, I think I brought this up when the Seven Eleven opened up in my hometown, uh, in like 1976, I went in there and, uh, there was a little, you know, there's a candy display down at the bottom. There's like the single candies. Yeah. And I, I pocketed a chocolate football. You know, sometimes my wife says that she listens to the podcast and she's like, who she knows you, obviously. But she's like, how is it that you exist and Steve exists? <laughs> <laughs> because and here's why I'm saying this now, because in 1976 at the Almax grocery store <laughs> in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, I while my mom was like chit chatting with the cashier, having her stuff at that point, there was no scanner. Right. It was like they punched everything in. Right. I turned my back to the candy shelf that was right there with my hands behind my back. And I pocketed <laughs> a roll of lifesavers. Uh, I had I, I was maybe five or six and I was like, I'm going to do a crime. I'm going to steal a thing and see how it feels. And I ate all those lifesavers, but I felt really bad. I felt really bad. I thought about it. I mean, I don't, I haven't thought about it now in a long time, but like when I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah, I was, I stole something once. I, you know, the last thing I stole was from the Safeway in uh, North Oakland, right by my college. And it was like some foot cream or something. I can't remember what it was, but I was walking out and one of the cashiers came up behind me she said excuse me sir and i was like up ah, i'm going to prison <laughs> i just came i just totally came apart and uh, the guy in front of me had forgotten something and it was at that point i was i was like okay my life of crime is over like it scared me so badly to get i just i i panicked i like almost threw up and but it, you know it was like a 5 dollar tube of foot cream or whatever and i just I, whatever i just I, you know i have probably had some like bad sweaty art student feet or something and uh i needed the cream and i didn't have the money for it but it really made me panic and i decided i'm never gonna risk that again yeah i i would say that i i don't like how that those i don't want those feelings and yeah. also i'm i'm fortunate that i don't have to steal things I understand that some people need to do crimes in order to provide for their family. And right. I would do those crimes. I would do those crimes in a heartbeat, but I don't have to do crimes. So I'm lucky that way. Um, I envisioned while you were telling that story, you meeting your new cellmate and being like, Hey man, what are you in for? And you being like, foot cream, man, foot cream, <laughs> foot cream theft. Oh yeah. I did a quadruple homicide. Oh, no doubt. What'd you do? Stole some foot cream. Shit. 
Shit. You're the baddest <laughs> dude in the yard. Uh, no, I did. I stole that same trip in Europe. I stole a toothbrush because I, I lost my toothbrush. And I, I really didn't have any money. And I stole a toothbrush and I think I stole a, a postcard from this place. And then I realized that I tracked dog shit in as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the more serious offense. <laughs> It was just insult to injury for that shop owner. Uh, oh, I stole the, um, I had this amazing photography teacher when I was in high school, uh, Alan Raybold. He was just, he's the best. And we had this incredible facility. We had a, we had a couple of two and a quarter cameras and we had a four by five camera. And then um, we had black and white processing and color processing. And then we had tripods that we could check out and all this stuff. It was amazing. And he was incredible and turned me on to so much good art. And somewhere along the way, I borrowed a tripod and then I just never returned it. And I've used that tripod. I still have that tripod. I still use it. But about two years ago, uh, I sent Evergreen Senior High School a check for $65. It's just like a really basic, is it silk or slick? One of the two, it's a brand. And mm. um, I said, hey, 31 uh, years ago, I stole this <laughs> tripod from you all. And uh, I just wanted to let you know I'm still using it. I've used it to shoot tons of artwork and used it, you know, for tons of projects. And it still is like in my, in my, uh, whatever, my tool, my, the tools that I use regularly, but I wanted to apologize and um i thought for sure that was going to end up on reddit or something you know but they fucking ca they cashed the check it's like a 30 dollar tripod they didn't say like oh that was really nice of you but don't worry about it or <laughs> cash the check they were like i mean we need a fucking tripod we haven't replaced that thing yet <laughs> did, did you inflation adjust no i i don't know i i looked i just like did a really root basic search internet search of of what like the cheap tripods cost. And it was, I just figured maybe it was inflation adjustment. Maybe it was because there was, you know, I thought maybe somewhere along the way, Alan hadn't worked at the school in years. And I may not have even told him that I've paid for it in the time since. Hmm. He might Are you still in funny. touch with him? Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. That is amazing. He's great. <sighs> I also want to point out that when I said, have you committed any crimes you want to confess? You were like, no, no, not really. But then you haven't stopped talking for the last eight <laughs> minutes since I asked the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not big crimes. I guess those, yeah. are, those are like my, my big crimes was a toothbrush with the dog shit and the uh, foot cream and the tripod. Yep. And maybe, let's see, anything else? Oh. <laughs> yeah uh, oh i robbed a fucking bank one time no, oh I, yeah there's a great book is one of the research books that came out in the early 90s called um sabotage in the Amer in the american workplace oh yeah it's 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 a classic read it's one of the it's it's an amazing book it you know it came out there was a book that they did called angry women and one called future primitives i think future modern primitives one of the two Modern primitives, uh, I recall. Uh, pranks. They did a couple of pranks books that were really funny, like interviews with like Anton LaVey yeah, and all yeah. these all these really kind of notable people. But sabotaging the American workplace is 
is just that. It's just like stories by workers who felt like they were being fucked over. And so they did. Some of them are funny. Some of them are pretty intense, like people who work in the medical industry, um, you know, restaurant workers, shipping clerks, mural painters, uh, bike messengers. It's all all manner of of worker bee. Uh, but my assistant manager brought the book into an art supply store I worked at and we all read it and thought it was hilarious. I was like, yeah, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this place. And I walked out with like a bag full of paint and frames and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Career criminal Steve Knievel has been our guest on the podcast today. <laughs> yeah. A, but, you know, in 52 years or whatever, I, I don't think I've done that much that that's terribly noteworthy. I'm not here to judge you. I mean, I am, but I'll do it after. <laughs> uh, what about <laughs> what about you? My my crimes are all I mean, no, I look, I don't drink or do drugs. And there are really good reasons for that. And yeah. it, I, I. Uh, I drank and drove a bunch when I was neither a good drinker or a good driver uh, sober. So I got away with a bunch of those sorts of crimes uh, that were relatively consequence free. Although, as I said, I don't drink or or do drugs anymore. Uh, I've, I've committed a fair number of social faux pas. Those are not actual crimes, but I've just said some stupid things that I've had to learn about and walk back and figure out. Um, uh, well, that's just, I, that's just living and learning, you know, that's, yeah, I feel like of, that's, that's enough for me. Like I'm, I seem like a blowhard maybe on this podcast, but I'm pretty sensitive. And if I hurt someone else's feelings, I really hate that. Like that feeling that I got when I was a kid from stealing that roll of lifesavers, uh, it's that same kind of like, oh, I've done a bad thing. Like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't do well with it. It makes me want to run, run away and be a, a hermit, which I, I know go, is a fantasy of yours. I always go way overboard and trying to make it right. And I, and then I end up making it worse. Yep. I've learned definitely in the last 10 years that sometimes it's okay to kind of let the dust settle a little bit before you begin to try to do the repair. Yeah. Uh, T take uh, the time to understand what you've actually done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't like having un. It, it's like un, uh, unfinished. It's kind of like un having unfinished business for me. And if there's not, if there's no resolution, I I've learned or I'm still learning to, to kind of be able to live with no resolution. I don't have to fix the thing. I don't, you know, if yeah. I fucked it up and somebody's not willing to take the apology or to clear the air, that's not on me, you know? Uh, yep. And if they're not willing to do that or they're not able to do that, then I got to learn to be okay with it too. But I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I'm imperfect. And I, uh, you, as are we all, we have to accept that and that we're going to make mistakes that there isn't a tidy solution for. Right. It's, we're a mess. We're all, we're all just a mess and we're doing the best we can. 
Speaking of imperfect messes, I believe you have a would you rather for us this week, which we need to get to oh. toot sweet. Okay. I do. Uh, now the shoe's I, on the other foot. I have no idea what's coming. Um, okay. This is kind of like, I, I had two like grosser than gross ones. And then I thought, uh, I don't know. I sort of like the heavy, like psychological aspects of these two. And then I came up with this part of this just this morning. So this is fucked. Uh, <laughs> would you rather hang on? Any now for all of you people <laughs> who might not like this, stop now. All right, no, just listen to it and then get bummed and then write a comment about how you were bummed out by it. Yeah. Would you rather watch your best friend get executed? Oh. Or shit out of your own eyes every full <laughs> every full moon for a year. <laughs> And of course, this means you're going to like be just racked with like infection and your eyes are probably going to be always like, you know, uh, uh, irritated. But there's a way you can, you know, you say like, oh, well, I just fast before the full moon or whatever. So that like it's minimal expulsion. <laughs> I love the way you game these things out. Like <laughs> whether I ask the question or you ask the question. I usually have a gut response, and then you're like, but remember, you're going right. to get tetanus. Kind of, I hadn't thought about the tetanus. I was worried about the railroad spike in my butthole. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is also a good setup. I do this to you sometimes. I think, because I think the answer here is that I'm going to shit out my eyes. Yeah. Um. And but what you've done is you've put me in a situation where I've I've got to say, I'm going to pick shit out my <laughs> eyes for a year, please. Uh, well, you know, you've said it a bunch of times, like, I don't like I don't like picking the same, you know, picking the same side. Uh, but I I would never I would never I couldn't watch anybody get executed. I don't care. That's going to fuck you up for life. Not uh -huh. that shitting out your eyes isn't going to be a problem. But let me ask you this question. Now, I, maybe I didn't game this out enough before I answered. Is your, is your best friend getting executed anyway? What, in other what? words, am I choosing a scenario in which my best friend gets executed? Or... Oh, no, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about and it's not like a not like a somebody not getting killed execution style. It's like firing squad or electric chair or something, you know, right. You're just watching it happen and you don't you we could talk about maybe your best friend uh, did a bunch of horrible stuff and they're going to be executed. And so you're there as as witness with the victim's families or something like that. I wasn't, I didn't think it out that far. It was really just like, Hey, so, you got to go watch your best friend get stand in front of a firing squad tomorrow. You want to do that or shit out of your own eyes. Oh, that's, a, I, mean, I mean, I really just put this together before we started. Recording <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna shit out my own eyes for five hundred then, please. Yeah, for sure. Me too. What a what a bummer though. Yeah. Uh, uh but better, but better, better than watching somebody die. 
I think so. I think I never want to see that. Same page. Same page. Um, do I have the, am I, am I closing this out or are you? Yeah, close this out. It's the same, same damn thing. I I don't have it. I don't have the notes open anymore. I got got so frustrated. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Revolting. Subscribe to this stupid thing. Subscribe to the Cycling Independent. Help us pay your rent. Help us make a living. We promise we won't buy Teslas and Bitcoins. So on behalf (laughs) of the Cycling Independent, and revolting. I'm Stevel. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. Yeah.